everyone and welcome back to The Real Life Girl or welcome if you are new and in today's episode we are talking about spiritual warfare, we are talking about identity and how to claim authority and freedom over those two things. This is a hefty topic for me to talk about because there's just so much that goes into it truly. When it comes to spiritual warfare there is a lot of confusion like what even is that and when you understand what that is how do you even fight that? What place does that play in a Christian's life? And with identity, there's so much of the world telling you, you know, this is the kind of person you should be. You can define yourself. You can do the things that you want to do. But God's words tell us different. And I think that that's so cool. And it's also confusing because you don't really know how to navigate and what to follow. So in this week's episode, we are unpacking it all for the truth and digging into God's word for wisdom. Before diving into the topic of spiritual warfare, I do want to talk about something that I feel is funny and it also taught me a very valuable lesson that happened earlier today. Um, So I posted on my Instagram stories, which this is a little trick that I do, you know, because I don't always have time to post on stories or to post reels right away. So a lot of the time it's like scheduling content. It's like it's a lot of less manual upload and more of like pre-planning and just, you know, getting it out when it gets out. And so with my Instagram stories throughout the day, I'll just like, you know, gather some stuff that I want to put out there, whether it's like, you know, affiliate links or it's stuff that I want to share, you know, within my life. And so that's normally what I do. And then toward the nighttime when I'm wrapping up my day, you know, I work mostly 10 hour days on my platform. So I very easily work from like 9am to like 9pm and so 9pm I'm wrapping up my day and that's when I usually will put out stories also that you can view it you know as like a one whole thing instead of just you know bits and pieces here and there so I was doing that and I was half asleep because I just woke up from a nap that I took earlier today because hashtag sleep deprived and I wake up from this nap whatever and I start posting and this one story I posted about how I like style my curtain bangs and stuff like that And I forget to cut it. So I just shot the video and then I'm just like posting it on my story, adding text, whatever. So I do that and half an hour goes by and I look back always to like manage my analytics and my insights and stuff like that. So I do that and I realize that in this video that I failed to edit, I did the biggest millennial pause ever, which if you don't know what that is, if you've ever seen videos of creators or reels where the person before they start talking, they just like make this weird big pause where they just look at the camera and they don't talk for like five seconds. And then they're like, okay, it's recording. And then they start talking. That's exactly what I did in this video. And the reason I do that a lot of the time, especially in my earlier podcast days, I'm sure you can go back to episodes where I was just not talking and there would be like silent segments because I was learning how to edit, but also it's just easier to take breaks between talking and when you're filming because it's just easier when it comes to editing. I edit like all of my own content. Um, In the future, I may hire a junior editor. I don't know if that's a route that I would definitely go down, but for the most part, I edit my podcasts, my YouTube videos, all of the good stuff. And I'm a pretty good editor. And the reason why I do that is because, you know, I find editor edit, editing like pretty therapeutic and it's just something that I love so much. 
So I just failed to edit this thing and I felt so embarrassed. I was like, I did not just do a millennial pause. These are the people I make fun of and I just became them. And I started feeling like so embarrassed and like dumb about it. And I thought to myself, Bianca, like Instagram is literally a platform full of imperfect people just trying to share their lives and to make it and to like make their presence known. And I mean, there are so many creators I've seen mess up, but that's why I love them because it's like the relatability and the rawness that they have to their content. I love good and honest content and so I started thinking about it that way and the shame just like lifted right off of me and I also feel like sometimes that can be something that the enemy uses is shame to not share your story or to not post something to not talk about something which is really unfortunate and sometimes we do fall prey to those traps but it's just so good to realize that no one is perfect not everyone's content is perfect and I mean I think of so many times that I've fudged up a lot of my content and now I'm just like hmm, it's just one of those times so that's one thing that today taught me is like you do not have to be perfect online if you're thinking of starting a platform you know anything on social media you do not have to be perfect and that just brings me so much comfort Jumping right in, I want to talk about my recent experience with spiritual warfare and how I feel that it's played a significant role in my faith journey. So just getting into what exactly is spiritual warfare. I'm talking to the sister that has no idea what that is. She's maybe heard that term once or twice, but just has no idea what spiritual warfare is and can't seem to make sense of it. So to explain what that is, if you've ever noticed that when you are trying to be on fire for God, when you are trying to really get back on your Jesus grind and just get back on your game in general, you notice that things start going wrong. Things that are usually like solid and set in stone just start to go the wrong way. And this can be like work. This can be plans with friends. This can be stuff like that. And it happens constantly and rapidly. And you usually don't see any of that coming. That's a good good idea of what spiritual warfare is and I like I, I want to make it clear like your dinner reservations not being reserved probably isn't spiritual warfare but again who am I to say but essentially it's just when things just go wrong when you're conveniently trying to be on fire for the Lord and so I've always believed in spiritual warfare I know a lot of people don't believe in demons they're very real hell is real heaven is real and so are demons and it's important to face that truth because that's what the enemy wants you to think is like the deception part of it and, you know, for you to not to believe that any of those things are real when they very much are. I mean, look at the, the music industry, Hollywood. There's so many movies, TV shows, and songs that just have so much demonic symbolism in them. And that's why it's just so important to be aware of the media that you're consuming. But that's a whole nother topic for another episode. But the, in a nutshell, that's what spiritual warfare is. And so I've always believed in that. And it's always been, you know, I've had a very high and low faith journey up until now um I would have seasons where I was like really close to the Lord and then seasons where I just would not talk to him and I was just very hot and cold and it wasn't until I want to say my sophomore year of high school where I really was not going to be about that life anymore I realized how dangerous it is to live with one foot in the world and one foot in with the Lord and that's just not the life that I was called to 
I realized that that was not what I wanted for my life. So I made really big changes and I've been on fire for the Lord ever since. And that's one thing that I disagree with a lot of Christians who say like, you know, you won't always be on fire for the Lord, which that is true. But I do believe that you can make, you know, a good continuous effort to keep your spirit close and on fire for the Lord. Of course, Christians go through dry seasons, but I believe that when you are living your life for the Lord truly, and when you are, you know, making the time to spend with him and you're constantly laying down your life and picking up your cross for him, you're just naturally on fire for him. I don't know. That's just my point of view. So that's what that is. And I've noticed in the last, I want to say maybe six months of my life, I've probably experienced spiritual warfare for the last two months. And I think that's just because when you get close to God's purpose for your life, the enemy tries to unfold demonic plans and agendas to go against you and to throw you off of your faith journey. The recent spiritual warfare experiences I've gone through have been like no other. Like it's not little things like, you know, temptation here and there. It was like more intense than I ever thought it would be. About, I want to say three or four weeks ago, um, I was watching this like comedy video on YouTube and I was just like having a good time. And after I finished this like video, I start playing Roblox and out of nowhere, the enemy just starts filling my mind with like lustful thoughts and impure thoughts, like obviously things that were not from the Lord. And in that moment, I just didn't know what to do. And I've talked about this before. Um, I had a pornography addiction for over eight years. And by God's grace, I am freed by his perfection. Um, so I was just so confused as to why I was struggling with that. And I didn't know what to do. And after that whole experience was over... I realized that like I failed to call on the Lord's name and from that experience I learned that when you're in trouble when you're being faced with temptation and lust and things that wow you feel like you're going to be you know chased in after evil like you are in full authority and within every right to call on the lord's name you can totally do that and have full confidence knowing full well that the lord will back you up like even the demons tremble at his name the bible says that i don't have that verse right at my tongue but the bible does say that the demons do tremble at his name and so i just remembered like man i may have not called on his name but you know what i know that now next time i can call on his name even when i'm having trouble even when i don't feel like i can even when i'm i feel ashamed the next spiritual warfare encounter that i had happened a little bit before that and this was at night when i was like sleeping i was unconscious and I made a whole Instagram reel about this, which I'll link down below because this experience was just so transformative. It was scary, but also powerful. And I want to talk about it because I know that sleep paralysis is something that so many Christians have gone through that some Christians still wrestle with, but it's just so important to remember that we walk in victory by God's grace. So this one night, um, I did two things that I normally don't do. I slept with an eye mask because I wanted to see if I would have better sleep sleep because I, I like a lot of people say that you know with the blackout curtains and then eye mask you can have better sleep because of the darkness so I thought all right let me just put on this mask and then I also slept on my back which I always sleep either on my side or my stomach so these were two new things um so I went to sleep and I was just dozing off I wasn't even in a deep sleep and I remember 
just feeling this like huge force on my eye mask like a weighted force on my eye mask and it didn't feel like a hand it didn't feel like someone was pressing down on it it just felt like a force and so my immediate instinct is to like you know take my hand and lift off the eye mask except my hands cannot move and I don't know why but I tried to move my legs too and it was I was just subdued I was just paralyzed and I don't want to say that this was sleep paralysis I still to this day don't really know what that is in like the health realm but I'm just leaving that to the lord but I do believe that this was a demonic attack and I'll tell you why so I was just panicking I didn't know what to do here I am thinking like this force is just on me and trying to keep me down and call me crazy but why is it that when I'm trying to be on fire for the lord and make a continuous effort to keep my spirit close to him that this happens I don't believe in coincidences at all and so that had happened and I'm panicking in like I'm fearful and I did not know what to do and I remember in my mind just saying in Jesus's name and as soon as I said the J in Jesus this thing melted off of me within two seconds and I'm just like wow and I take my eye mask off I look around I like it's just my room and I just I go to sleep I thank the Lord and I just go to sleep and I was just stunned. I was on the floor like I was wrecked and completely undone. So the next day I wake up and I get up, I make my bed and I grab my anointing oil, which I have two different anointing oils in my house. I use a lavender oil and a mint oil. Um, and there are different anointing oils that you can use, which I'm going to talk about that later because that is one way that you can definitely fight off spiritual warfare because there's a biblical way to do it and the way that the world tells you to do it. And again, we want to be sober-minded. So I grabbed my anointing oil and I anointed literally every corner of my house. I anointed my room and I just made a cross with the anointing oil and I just prophesied like in Jesus's name. I cast you out and that was just so powerful for me and I got into my word I thank the Lord and just got into some deep prayer and so once my spirit settled I just realized like the enemy really does try to scare you the enemy will try to scare you with spiritual warfare he will try to scare you with attacks with things not going your way and I just want to tell the sister who is fearful right now who feels like she's under attack that you have no reason to be afraid your king is bigger than anything that the devil can throw at you any enemy any scheme any plot any assignment any agenda that the enemy can throw at you the lord is bigger than that now that we have covered what spiritual warfare is i want to talk about ways that you can fight spiritual warfare and use the lord's truth as your weapon and this is where i want to say that it is so so important to have truth in your heart and engraved in your mind had i not known to call on the lord's name because of that experience like I'm not saying that I wouldn't have been victorious, but I definitely would have been in fear because I wouldn't have known that I could call on his name. And so that's the first piece of advice that I can say to any sister going through spiritual warfare is that you have the right to call on the Lord's name. And it doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It can just you, you know, say, listen, Lord, I call on your name. I feel that I'm under attack right now and I bind and rebuke this attack in the name of Jesus. Anytime, like even when I'm driving, when I'm talking with people or if I'm in my house and I just feel like a presence on me, I feel a shift um, or I just like hear a noise, anything like that. Again, I'm not saying everything is spiritual warfare, but I think that the Lord gives us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and you just know, you know? 
And so when that happens, I'm always like calling on the Lord's name. And it can be something simple as I bind and rebuke this attack in the name of Jesus. And I find myself praying those prayers daily, not because I'm paranoid or scared, but because the devil it does not have a right to dwell in my life and I'm giving him an eviction notice. And so I think that's so important to remember that you can call on the Lord's name in times of temptation, in times of trouble, when you're feeling ashamed or guilty, when the enemy tries to get you to look back at your past, anything of that nature, you can definitely call on the Lord's name knowing full well that he is fighting your name in battles you don't even know about. The second thing is that I would definitely recommend fighting your spiritual battles with anointing oil. And this is something that I have recently become like such a huge fan of um, because as I was learning more about spiritual warfare and what that actually is, I realized the power of the anointing oil. And let's talk about that for a second. Like why even is that important? Um, And there are several books in the Bible where anointing oil is mentioned, where anointing oil was used to make things holy to make people holy to make spaces sacred and so now in my walk with the lord anointing oil is just a thing that i do all the time every first of the month i take my anointing oil and i just anoint my whole house my room my office and i pray for specific prayers over my space so for my bedroom for example I always pray like, Lord, please keep me safe in my sleep. Uh, Please protect my health and my wellness and my spirit. And those are prayers for my bedroom. And when it comes to my office, I pray, Lord, please let the work that's conducted in here be holy and be pure and be just in your name. And so that's what I do when it comes to like different spaces in the house. Even when the TV is on, I'm like, Lord... As I'm anointing this, I pray that you allow everything that comes out of here to be holy and that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. So when it comes to anointing my house, that is just so important because the enemy, again, will try to scare you, will try to make a home in places that he is not welcome in. And so I think that that's just so important. When it comes to anointing oil, um, I've researched about anointing oil from time to time. And there are different kinds of anointing oils that you can use. I've known people to use uh, cooking oil, canola oil, whatever it is. I use personally essential oils. And I know some people have convictions about Christians using essential oils. I personally invited the Lord into that and was like, Lord, if you don't want me to use essential oils, please let me know. But I mean, I haven't really sensed any conviction with that. And so I use anointing oil. And again, I have like lavender and mint. And that's just what I use to anoint my home. And I could definitely go more in depth to anointing and how it's done. But essentially, I just took an oil. I took my lavender essential oil. It was brand new. And I bought it. And when I got home, I prayed over the oil and I prayed for God um, and his grace to be able to anoint the oil and to have his favor and his protection over it and essentially praying for God's blessing over that anointing oil. And from there, I went ahead and I used that oil. I placed the oil on my finger and I used that to anoint uh, different spaces in our house. And when I anoint, I usually draw like a little cross just letting evil know like y'all do not have a place in this house and I always do that um every first of the month or just like times when I feel like I need it and I even have gotten into the you know habit of like anointing myself from time to time so I know that this may sound crazy this may sound weird to someone that may not has you know 
you've never experienced spiritual warfare or you're just learning about this, but I think that it's just so important to be aware of truth in God's word. And there are so many times in God's word where he used anointing oil to make things holy, to make things sacred and to make people holy and to pray over them in Jesus's name. And so with following in his footsteps and being a Jesus follower, that's something that I use in my life daily. The third thing I've used to fight spiritual warfare is using scripture as a weapon. And this is so powerful, especially in times of temptation or on days where my mind is not being so kind to me. This one uh, girl that I follow on TikTok, her name is Nicole Pedersen, and I love all her content that she posts. And she recently made this TikTok saying, you know, my mind sometimes isn't so kind to me. And I always make it a habit to speak God's truth over myself when my mind is not not being nice to me and it's simple things like saying I am fearfully and wonderfully made I am a child of God I am a daughter of the most high king Um, you know I am protected and God has his favor and his grace over me and that just got me so hard right in the gut because I just love that there are so many times where my mind just like speaks for me and is also not kind to me and it takes me a little bit to remember I can one always call on the Lord's name I can two always use anointing oil I can three always speak good scripture over myself and God's truth over myself I think especially as a woman it's so easy to define yourself with the beauty with you know the hair products with the makeup with the nails and I love all those things I you know I do those things for me because I like to enhance my beauty that God has given me but it's so easy to find your identity in those things and for me when I catch myself doing that I've had to say I'm a daughter of the most high king I'm a child of the the most high God. And I've had to say those things, you know, to break those chains of like wanting to self-identify myself because that's not what God calls me to do. And so with that, I think it's so important to always find your identity in the Lord, which leads us into talking about identity. What even is that? What does it mean to claim your identity in God? And how do you move forward in that aspect? Let's go back to my sophomore year in high school. I was a 10th grader and I just, I, you know, I was serious about my journey with the Lord, but I was at this point where I had one foot in with the world and one foot in with Jesus. And it was kind of like a 50-50 thing and I didn't know what side to choose, especially because at that time I didn't surround myself with good people. I didn't have friends that were leading me close to Jesus. And I just wasn't at that point where I was spiritual mature. I didn't really know what direction God was taking me in because I was just so focused on like the world and what I wanted. And with that, I didn't have my identity in God because I spent so much time trying to identify myself and tell the world who I was. And so when I decided that I wanted to be more serious about my walk with the Lord, I one completely took out any things that were not God in my life. And this meant like friends, this meant things that I was going to, parties, events, stuff like that. And I know that this is not always possible for every person. For example, like if you have unsaved family members or if you have unsaved friends, I'm not saying that you should cut off your friends or family member, but I am saying that I don't think it's wise to always spend time with people who have that kind of hold 
hold an influence on you and in my case some of my best friends and people that like I trusted with my life were not leading me to Jesus and if anything were leading me to the exact opposite and so I realized that I had to kind of distance myself from that and I'm still very much in contact with a lot of people that you know I grew up with and went to high school with that don't have the Lord in their lives and I pray for them and I always hope for the best but it just took so much of an effort to let go of those things so that I could surround myself with the friends and the community that I have now and the friends that I have now y'all like I know that I know that I know that these friends are like going to war for me I know that they're praying for me I know that they're just like so deep in the spirit and constantly leading me back to Jesus and I'll tell you like a perfect like story where I just knew my friend that I had was like literally my friend for life. In the same year of my high school experience, um, I had a crush on this guy who did not love Jesus, but I just thought he was so cute. I was like literally head over heels for him. And I thought I was going to end up with this guy. And I was like, just, ugh, I was crushing on this guy. And I was telling my friends about him. I was being so delusional. You know how this is. And I was telling this one friend of mine, we were like new friends too, which makes it even funnier. And I'm telling her, you know, I just really like him. He's just so cute. I'm showing her pictures of him. Like I was obsessed. And she was like, Bianca, does he even love God? And I was like, well, like, I don't really know. But you know what? I can save it, girl. The way she called me out when I said that, she was like, Bianca, that is not God's will for you. Like, that does, that's not what God wants for you. And I was like, ooh. And it just convicted me so, so hard. And she let me know, like, do not be deceived by a guy just because he's cute and just because he has good looks because those good looks will fade. Like, you need someone that's going to know how to fast and know how to pray and get into the presence of God. And man, was that so powerful for me. And that's when I knew the friends that I have were like actually looking out for me and like leading me to Jesus. And I'm always like still meeting new friends, meeting new people. And I love that so much. Um, but that was like when the Lord revealed to me, like, hmm, you're, you know, you have some good friends by your side. And so that's what I mean was, you know, I was friends with like a lot of people that were not leading me to Jesus, but were instead leading me into evil and into gossip and into drama and all of these things that I didn't need going on into my life and so letting go of those things and surrounding myself with better community and people that were actually going to call me out and hold me accountable to those things was actually a lot helpful for me and my spirit the second thing that I did to claim my identity in Jesus was to give up all of the things that I was holding on to. So at this time, like I said, I was around all of these bad influences. And with these bad influences, I was constantly being dragged into drama and gossip and talking behind others' backs and quote unquote speaking my mind. And I had to let go of those things for my spirit's sake. Because when we talk about gossip, you know, it's so easy to just be quote unquote discussing people and being like oh you know yeah she just has you know this problem you know but I'm just telling you because I just want you to pray for her like 
I know it seems so innocent and I know that that's like hard to shake sometimes, but that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think that you're doing is it's just innocent. It's just whatever. And I want to encourage you that when you are uh, tempted, when you are thinking of speaking out on someone, whether it's just for their, you know, their own well-being or you're just saying something about them, I want to encourage you to ask yourself these questions. Number one, is it kind for you to say is what you're about to say coming out of your lips is that kind number two is that necessary do you need to say that in that moment is it going to be helpful if you say that and number three would you say that if jesus was next to you and it can be simple things like just saying oh this person is crazy this person is blah she was annoying the last time and I just realized that was not God's intention for me to be talking about other people. Instead of talking about other people, I should have been praying about other people. And I will be the first to say, I'm not always perfect. Like there are definitely times that I've slipped up, but I'm like, ooh, and I immediately the Lord convicts me and the Holy Spirit, you know, is like on me. And I immediately ask for forgiveness because I know that that's not God, what God wants me to do. Even when it talk, like when it comes to people and like what they've done to me, you know, it's not useful for me to like warn other people or tell other people, you know, it's like sometimes you just got to let God advocate for you instead of speaking your mind or giving your opinion on that person because you don't need to be talking about them. You need to be praying about them. You need to be going to war for them in the spirit. And so that's something that the Lord has honestly convicted me of recently in the last two weeks, because still, I mean, there have been times that I'm like, oh yeah, you know, she's just this or he's just that. And that's not what God wants me to be talking about. God wants me to be, you know, speaking truth and speaking wisdom and love and kindness and faithfulness instead of gossip and slander. Because what seems harmful to God may not always be harmful to us because his ways are higher. That's why it's so important to really have the Holy Spirit on you and to use discernment. Remember, when you're thinking of talking about someone or mentioning someone, just think, am I like, what is I'm about to say? Is that kind? Is that necessary? Is it something that I can say in front of Jesus that he won't scold me for? Like, it sounds crazy. It sounds silly, but that's honestly what I've been thinking of. And it's just convicted me so much in the best way possible. The next thing I did to claim my identity in Jesus is to learn what a godly woman is. And a couple episodes ago, we dissected beyond Proverbs 31 and actually talking about what a godly woman is and who a godly woman is designed to be. And, you know, I've talked about how a godly woman is called to protect her home, is called to provide for her home, and is called to care for her home. But I mean, let's go beyond that. Let's talk about what actually is a godly woman. A godly woman is also business snobby. She is also, you know, someone that works with her hands. She works faithfully with her hands. She wakes up early in the morning. She spends time with the Lord. And I'm getting all of this truth from Proverbs 31. And I encourage you to listen to and, you know, read that book for yourself because it's so powerful. Like, especially I was like 16 when I, you know, really wanted to take my faith walk seriously. And here I am thinking like, how can I be a woman? I'm just a little girl. (laughs) I don't know what to be. And now as an adult, like, I'm like, wow, if only I knew how much God would transform me in that moment. And even when, you know, I was going through the book of Proverbs, I didn't really have such a good idea still of what a godly woman is. And the best thing I did was inviting the Lord into that space 
into a space of like, I am uncertain. I don't know what I'm doing, but Lord, I really want to become a woman of God and I want to fully embrace the identity that you have for me. So please teach me what a godly woman is. Please teach me um, how I can conduct myself in certain social settings. Please give me convictions that you want me to follow. And just doing those things alone were like so powerful and important for me because not only was I like learning for myself, but I just let the Lord lead me. Like at that time, I wasn't even like going in order in the Bible. I was just like, Lord, please, you know, give me a book that you want me to read today and I will do that thing. And the Lord, I mean, what he will do with your simple surrender is like so powerful. And I mean, I wouldn't be here without surrendering to him. There is nothing better than being unsure about where you're going in your faith and just inviting the Lord into that and being like, I don't know what to do, but I know you do. And I just ask you to order my steps. And that's scary, especially because you're so in the moment. But man, can I tell you, is that so powerful to let God lead you into that? The fourth or fifth thing, I don't know what number we're on, but the next thing I did to let the Lord lead me into the identity that he had for me was to learn what he was saying about me. And this is something that I struggled a lot with was body image, was how I viewed myself, was vanity, was, you know, how am I going to look at myself as a female, as a woman of God? Because again, the world is so eager to identify themselves. I mean, like I'm going to be the first person to say there are like a million different genders out there and that's not God's design at all. And it's just so important to know who you are because when it comes to your battles, when it comes to spiritual warfare, the enemy will often try to have you forget who you are and have you forget who it is that you're following, which is Jesus. I constantly told myself I was ugly, I was fat, I was overweight, I was stupid, I was dumb, I had no sense, I was not smart, I was not intelligent. And I wouldn't be saying these things in the mirror, but it would be little things like going throughout my day, say like if I dropped something, I'd be like, oh, I'm so stupid, I'm so dumb. I'm such a klutz. And the Bible says like, we are what we think about ourselves. Even if you don't feel like that, you know, I've heard the quote of like, you are what you eat. And the Bible actually put a much deeper turn on that and says, you know, you are who you think you are. So if you're thinking and saying that you are dumb, that you are stupid, if you're putting that out there, guess what? You get what you pay for. And so for me, like I was just saying these things and honestly believing I was not, smart. This is why I got bad grades. This is why I wasn't excelling in school. This is why I couldn't do these things because I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't pretty enough. And the truth is, is that I didn't have to be any of those things. I just had to want to surrender to the Lord enough so that he could give me an identity and he can tell me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I spent so much time that I'll never get back looking to the identity that I gave myself rather than letting God define me. And the way that I embraced his truth was so transformative. I would look through certain scriptures and also Google, like, what does God say about his daughters? Because I believe, like, you know, God loves his children, but I feel that God has a soft spot for his daughters, just like an earthly father has a soft spot for his daughter. And so in the same way, I started to look at God 
have more like my father and, you know, like a best friend and someone that was walking beside me. And I just looked for scriptures where he talked about I was fearfully and wonderfully made, that I was worth more than rubies, you know, that I was like so perfect and I was made in the image of him, that I was the a child of the most high God. And I would just say those prayers over and over. And one trick that I actually did was creating a truth mirror, which I want to get back into this. But the reason why I haven't is because I don't have like mirrors in my house that I can really like write on because I need those mirrors. So um, I have to like find a chalk marker somewhere and just like write these truths down. But every morning I would write down truths. Um, I would write them down on my mirror, on my walls with like erasable chalk marker. And I would just write down things like I'm a slave to nothing. I am not my past. I'm not defined by my past. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the most high king. And I would say these truths and I would look at them every single day and speak them over myself. And even days where I was rushing out the door where I wasn't speaking them over myself, I knew those truths still. And even when I was tempted, even when I felt like I was like overpowered by a lot of the things that I was wrestling with and the battles I was facing, I knew that these truths were true. And I knew that this was, this was what God was saying about me. And also the Holy Spirit convicted me to stop saying those things about myself that I was fat, that I was not worthy, that I was dumb, that I was stupid because those things weren't true. I never needed to be slimmer. I never needed to be skinnier and prettier and better. I just needed to love the Lord enough to let him define myself. And once you do that, you just never want to go back. And now like one thing I do is I look back at like my Instagram stories from like five years ago and I just, I'm like, wow, the way that I'm not that girl anymore is like so beautiful. And it just reminds me of the beautiful work that the Lord has done in me and the work that he is still doing in me. Because I've also touched on this is that you will never walk through this faith journey without being taught by the Lord. You can be following God for over 35 years, 40 years, even more. I've met pastors who've been following God since they were like six years old you know what I mean but you can be following God for such a long time and there will still be days where you are going to make mistakes and he is going to teach you lessons through them he is going to convict you of certain things and he is going to show you the truth he's going to reveal things to you and give you eyes to see and the reason why is because every single day we spend on this earth we are spending becoming more like Jesus there's never going to be a day where we understand Jesus the fullest because his ways are high like his mind is just so different from ours and that's such a good thing and I'm gonna be the first person to say like I am a piece of crap human that by God's grace I am redeemed refined and restored and because of that the Lord is like continuously making me like him daily and so it's always been my priority in these last three or four months to remain close to the Lord like I just got back from traveling and I did not take my Bible with me because I didn't want my luggage to be overweight which that looking back I'm like mm, that's a little bit of an excuse but anyway I just had my bible on my phone I took my devotional with me and I also took the current book that I'm reading uh Jesus first Jesus always by Jeffrey Smith it's such a good read by the way and so I was just taking those books and I just made it a priority. Like, even though I don't have my Bible, even though I'm not at home, I'm still going to read my Bible. I'm still going to get in God's word. And I'm still going to listen to my podcast and listen to truth music about him because staying close to God has always just 
it's been a battle for me. It's been an uphill battle. And when you realize that that takes work, it, you know, it's just like a normal relationship, whether it's a family relationship or platonic or romantic relationship, you can't just really pick up where you left off. You always have to be loving that person and loving Jesus is a choice and I choose to pick up my cross every day. So therefore keeping my spirit close to the Lord is like always a priority, you know, probably the biggest priority in my life. It's important to know that embracing our identity in Jesus takes time. For me, it just didn't happen overnight. And there are the lucky individuals who are like, yeah, like, you know, Jesus, you know, just ridded me of my porn addiction or my alcohol addiction. And I'm just like completely made new in God. And I'm like, huh, okay, you know, and it it works for some people, but it just didn't work like that for me. You know, God really did a big work in my life in the last two years specifically. And I mean, I've been following God for close to five years, which is crazy. Like I, I think I'm making it out of the baby Christian phase and like into the mature seasoned Christian phase. I'm just kidding, but that's where I feel like I am. And it's just important to know that you're not always going to feel like you are, you know, a child of the most high King, but that's the beautiful thing about identity is that it takes work to embrace. And once you embrace it, it's like the joy that the Lord just gives you the happiness, the safety, the peace that he gives you, it's like so powerful. And I know I'm always saying that it's like powerful, powerful, but it is. And I never want to go back to the person that I am. And I just want to encourage you to continue praying for yourself, pray for others, but also pray for yourself. You know, I feel like you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're not praying over yourself, if you're not uh, declaring truth and God's word over yourself, how can you do the same for others? And so while you're learning to embrace God's identity, while you're learning to fight spiritual warfare, it's so important to continue speaking that truth over yourself and so that you can do that for other people in your life. That is my take on spiritual warfare and identity. I think it's so crazy that one of my dear friends and listeners, uh, she actually went into my other episode uh, talking about Proverbs 31 woman and going beyond that and was like, hey, do you think you could talk about spiritual warfare and identity? And it was actually the next topic on my podcast list for the month. So I was like, "Uh, yes, I absolutely can. Um, It was already my idea anyways. Here's the outline. I got everything planned. So I feel like that was also God, but I just want to, you know, make that, I feel like this episode just set someone free that is going through spiritual warfare, um, to just know that you're not alone. Like I am constantly going through it to be honest. And it's the best slash worst thing because I get to call on the Lord's name and it's hard, but I realize that I'm not fighting for victory, but I'm fighting from victory. And that's just so healing. That is this episode. Thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. And I love this weekly chat. I feel like this was a little bit of a long one, but I love it because there's just so much truth that the Lord placed on my tongue that I feel is really going to help a sister out there. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.